Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Rasick. What is going on, Amazon sellers, and welcome back to the Clear the Shelf podcast with myself and my winsome co-host, Chris Rasick. I know we've been MIA for uh, about 60 days or so, and uh, and that's my fault. Uh, we had another OA challenge in January. Uh, there's been a couple of Amazon conferences here recently, uh, and to be quite honest, uh, just a little bit of laziness on my part uh, getting back into it. Uh, but I know that uh, I'm I'm glad we're back in the saddle, and I know that we appreciate everyone who's reached out uh, and asked about when the pod was coming back on the air, uh, and that's really been the driver for us uh, us really getting back into this. Um, so this week we're going to discuss a topic that uh, I don't know if it's covered quite enough. Uh, you see, we hear about online arbitrage leads quite often. Uh, what are the good ones? Be Chris's list, uh, you know, he, he offers some some one-time lists that are pretty good. Uh, we hear about the bad ones, uh, the ones that everyone wants to stay away from. But what we never really hear is how you're probably using your lead list improperly. Uh, and what you may actually consider a bad lead list uh, may actually be fair or even, even good. Uh, but what's missing is how you actually work that lead list and, and make it work for you. So today, I think we're going to discuss the the proper way to actually use online arbitrage lead lists, uh, and I'm even going to give a real world example of something that I did with Chris's lead list from the other day uh, to be able to make your your return on your investment and and the profit an order of magnitude larger than you might expect from the lead list or the uh, the stats that come at the bottom of many lead lists. Uh, but before we get before we get started, I know it's been a while, and I just want to kind of catch up with uh, with Chris. So, Chris, how's uh, how's life and business been, man? Uh, ups and downs, uh, as usual. It's uh, it's a weird time of year, um, and and I'm, I didn't experience it in the beginning of January, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's been it's been a little sluggish. Uh, for me so but uh, you know it's just a matter of uh, uh, putting in the reps but overall pretty good um, some adventures with my account health rating um, I got my first call from uh, which uh, I think my heart rates finally come down after a couple of days <laughs> after seeing that on the caller ID so um, <clears throat> so it crossed that off the off uh, my uh, non-bucket list I guess but right. um, yeah it, but it's been a while there there is there's one thing I, I, I want to give a PSA uh, if I can. Um, and it's, and it's, this isn't the right audience. I, th- I think most of the people uh, uh, listening to this uh, um, are not, not this type of person, but, uh, but I just, uh, but I want to do a public service announcement for it, it, You know, if you person or, you know, this person um, get help or have them get help uh because I tell me if you've if you've experienced this. Uh, I, so you get the refund initiated email, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I don't know if it's just me, but every time I I click on that email, like as the email is loading, 
I'm always like in my head going, don't be expensive. Don't be expensive. Don't be expensive. Right. And then it, you know, and, and you know, uh, and then I'm, I'm reading it. So, and when you get those, like the, the reason is all the way over to the right. So I'm always, I'm always interested to see what the reason is. And the people, so I get this last one that I got, the one that stuck in my mind is uh, fulfillment promise not met or, or whatever it delivered late or, or, you know, like there's a couple of different variations of that, but right. So you get those every once in a while and I'm like, well, all right. You know, so at least I know most likely the products coming, you know, so that's the bright side that I, that I look at, but then I, so I, I scan to the left and I, I, the product is, and this last one that I got, it was delivered late. So the refund returned and it was a stick of deodorant when i scrolled when i scanned over to the left like what like this whoever that person is they need therapy something is going on in your head you've had some sort of trauma to where what stage of life do you have to be in to where you go on amazon and you're like if i don't get some powder fresh on my pits in two days or less I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mind. And then, and then the two days goes by and there's no powder fresh and, and, you know, on your doorstep and you go, like what, what kind of poor planning and bad life decisions have you met that you have such a tight window for your antiperspirant to, to show up, you know, now I'm not talking about like delivered late, you know, the uh, delivered one day after Christmas, thanks for ruining little Timmy's Christmas, you know, like that's, that's a, a, I think, I think it's an important distinction those are those are different kinds of people those are mm-hmm. you know those are karens those are fans of asymmetrical haircuts and, and they're probably beyond help right so i'm not talking about those people right uh, and i'm talking about this, this returned late and it's just some random on it like and so I say it took three or four days why wouldn't you just open it up and put it in your medicine cabinet anyway even if you've had to leave the house and go to walmart and get a different kind of deodorant or it just doesn't like seek help if, if that you're re- returning stuff and getting refunds because delivery uh, was late. Absolutely. I also, I, please, I would really love to know what that person does for a living like that. I don't know. That almost <laughs> sounds like they're like an engineer or a CPA and they've got all their order like, it's date stamped in a spreadsheet and they know exactly when to hit the button to, to return it or, or whatever it is. And that's just, that's frustrating as hell, man. (laughs) It seems like it's like one of those, like if they're married, their spouse does a whole bunch of stuff where if they stopped doing it, they wouldn't have any idea how to do it anymore. You know, like, right. Those are probably like the husbands that don't know what bank their mom, you know, and couldn't get money out, you know, something like that. There's, they need help. That is so frustrating. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that that tones down a bit, although I don't see it happening. I mean, I know Amazon wants to keep the customer happy, uh, you know, seller be damned. Uh, but I don't know. I, I would like to get to the point where people are just kind of like, you know what? It's a stick of deodorant. I'll use it next month. It's not going bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's small and light. Like I, you know, is that eight ninety nine that important to you to, to get back? Like uh, there was, 
the Venn diagram of needing that nine dollars versus you know being a little bit stinky in the pits, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. That's it's a, a tiny little sliver. I thought. Yeah. All right. Before we get to the main event, uh, I do I do want to bring something up. So now that we're back, uh, I want to say that we don't hide this show behind a paywall, and, but it doesn't mean that the content is free. All right. So if you find some value in the podcast, uh, either on YouTube or on your your favorite podcast player. Please hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications, uh, because I'll be quite honest with you. Seeing the pod rise in the charts, uh, seeing the number of subscribers on YouTube go up and to the right is enough of a dopamine hit that it kind of keeps us coming back uh, and making more of this for you. Because we don't do this during office hours. We do it, we do it off office hours, you know, uh, in the evenings. Uh, and, uh, and so do us a huge solid and just hit the, hit the follow or the subscribe button wherever you are. Uh, and, and we'd really appreciate it, uh, and give you a, a solid digital handshake, uh, through, through the podcast. So I, I would appreciate that, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about what has happened while we've been away. So first thing before we talk about OA lead lists, uh, the past two weekends in a row, I have gone to Amazon seller conferences. Um, this past weekend was the Unconference, which is uh, was put together by kind of some older, long-term Amazon sellers. It's been around for I think seven years now, uh, and it's just a. It, it the idea behind the Unconference was let's let's take those moments in between the moments or in between the speakers and let's make that an entire weekend where you essentially you know sit around and you chew the fat you share what's working what's not working and uh even kind of break up into these little tribes and and talk about different things credit card points over here sourcing over here uh you know just chit chat over there Uh, and it's nice it's very very laid back uh the weekend before that I was at the Miami Seller Conference, which was a completely different vibe. Uh, a lot of young sellers, a lot of new blood, uh, and but uh, a ton of value. To be quite honest, uh, I knew some people were were asking me if you know if I thought there was going to be any value in it, and there was a a metric ton of it, uh, and. And going to these events, it kind of reminded me of a couple of things because I haven't, I haven't been to an Amazon seller conference in years. Would have been before COVID. Would be the last one that I I went to. Uh, and so one, it really kind of got me amped back up. You know, I, I I was around people who who love this business, who enjoy this business, and I got to talk shop with them. Uh, and and that energy kind of rubs off off on you. Uh, and so for at least the next several months, I know that I've, I'm kind of amped back up, uh, two mindset is really, really big. And, and we've talked about it before, you know, you and I have Chris, uh, and you know, I know we try not to get too woo woo, uh, on the, uh, on the pod, uh, even though I think we're both, you know, probably fairly heavy readers of self-help and self-development books and, and things like that. Uh, but it's very easy to see how quickly you can become more cynical than one might already be. Uh, 
I know that I tend to to look through things uh, through a cynic's eye uh, at, on occasions. I would uh, I'd go out on a limb and say you might be the same way, uh, you know. And it's that's an easy habit to fall into, uh, but keeping a positive mindset is a huge advantage. Uh, and then number three, the magic really is in between the speakers. Uh, you know the uh, the moments between the moments, if you will. Uh, now. I don't want anyone to think that I'm I'm downplaying the importance of speakers. Heck, I was I was one of the speakers at the Miami Seller Conference, so of course I want people to listen. But when you are when you you know want to get some tactical knowledge, you want to uh, you know find out some useful information that you could use to to make money maybe in the next day or the next week after the conference is over, uh, you know. The information that's shared during the breaks, uh, that's shared when you're bellied up to the bar talking shop, that really is where some of the the best stuff comes from. Uh, and it's it's not just Amazon seller conferences. I've been to conferences for you know the insurance industry, uh, you know for other ecom businesses that I've had, and it's always the same. So, what I guess what I want to say about this is even if you're an introvert, even if you you know, don't like to come out from behind your, your keyboard, which trust me, I get, uh, you know, speaking on stage in front of a, a bunch of people is, well, honestly scared the shit out of me. Uh, you know, put me behind a camera and, and give me my keyboard for protection. And I'm, I'm happy to chat away for hours and hours. Uh, but you know, you get up in front of an audience and it's, it's completely different. Uh, but get out of your comfort zone, go to some networking events, whether they're local to you or maybe you need to drive an hour away, get out there to a conference for Amazon sellers. Uh, and if you go with an open mind and, and a willingness to learn, I doubt that you'll be disappointed uh, from what you what you bring home with you. So yeah, I, uh, I regret I, missing that one. I, uh, I wanted Inland, you know, there are a bunch of people that I wanted to um, actually see in person. <clears throat> So yeah, I'm yeah. glad it was a, a, a good one. We've talked it about was. networking before. I, it's, it's so important, you know, and, and it's, it's difficult in this business. Um, there's a lot of hurdles and obstacles, um, which keep you from being network potentially, you know, it, it just mm -hmm. the way it's set up and, um, the way we operate. Um, but it, it can be, it, it can be so beneficial. You know, what's, what's the saying? Your, your net worth is your network, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so much good stuff comes from networking, you know, like this, this podcast that, that everyone's listening to that we're recording right now, you know, essentially that that's a um, that developed from the networking that, that, you know, and the talking that you and I had done, you know, and just yeah. talking enough and, and networking enough about business and, and habitations to where I felt comfortable enough. <laughs> I wasn't I wouldn't say I was fully comfortable with when I pitched the idea to you, but, but it took, you know, it, it took a little warming up until I thought it was a good idea. And, and, um, before I thought it was a good idea to say it out loud to you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, um, and there's a, there are opportunities like it, not even just conferences, like, you know, do, do the meetups, you know, anytime, like, you know, you ran your OA challenge. Um, there's always people that are saying, Hey, anybody else in this area, um, on Twitter, we're, we're both trying to be more active on Twitter. Um, and, and, you know, you start having 
before we end up mentioning, you know, a store or a, you know, random sports team or something. And you start piecing together what general areas. Next thing you know, I've got DMs, uh, you know, saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm about 20 minutes north. If you ever want to have a cup of coffee, you know, it's like it, it could be tough to talk shop, but it's it's valuable. It's the mastermind that, that we I've had running for almost two years now, you know, it, it's it's changed a couple different times but the one thing that hasn't changed is that we get together every week on zoom we talk shop mm-hmm. you know it's 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 so beneficial multiple ways to to be able to talk to peer serious stuff or or whether it's just talking to people that do some of the same things that that you do that you know that can mm-hmm. be pretty rare yeah yeah it, it's funny you mentioned that someone <laughs> someone reached out and said they were 20 minutes north of you you know, in the Amazon space, like that, that's a natural thing to happen. Uh, you know, and if you're not in the Amazon space, that's a, that's a really easy way to get yourself on Dateline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's, uh, let's dive, let's dive into talking about OA, uh, OA lists. So if, if you spend any time on social media, there is, there, there almost seems to be two camps. There are the folks who are like, yeah, our, our online arbitrage list, leads list are, are fantastic. Uh, and then you've got other people who are like, that's the dumbest thing you could ever spend money on. Uh, I am, I'm firmly in a third camp in that, yes, uh, you need to know how to source yourself uh, because everyone wants to hire a VA, for example. And if you don't know how to source, you can't effectively teach it. However, I think that online arbitrage or any any arbitrage lead list is probably worth the money. All right. And now, of course, you need to vet them, make sure you're buying a good list or subscribing to a good list. Uh, you know, and the easiest thing to do is make sure you're on Chris's email list uh, so that you can you can grab one of his when they come out. Uh, but if you use a lead list properly, it should very easily at least be profitable, number one, but two, your ROI on a lead list should be massive, okay? Uh, and we're gonna tell you exactly how to do that. So first question I wanna ask to you, Chris, is your last lead list came out a few days ago, and this is, this is what made me write this thread on Twitter. Um, remind me the price point on, on that lead list for, uh, for it. That was uh, fifteen dollars. Fifteen bucks. Um, fifteen bucks, and then people know this, but my mailing list knows this. I I send out. Uh, if you're on the mailing list, you get first access to the list that I offer when, once I publish it, uh, and you get a little bit of discount. There's a secret exclusive code that uh, that goes out in the email, so save a little bit of money. It was even cheaper than that. For- Perfect. And if you want to get on Chris's email list, go grab the, uh, uh, there's a, uh, there's a goal sheet down below uh, that'll put you right on Chris's email list. So I snagged that, that, uh, list that Chris sold the other day for 15 bucks. All right. And I opened it up and the very first lead was a bit of a banger. All right. I, not sure that I'm young enough to say that, but I'm going to go ahead and go with it. All right. The uh, the bestseller rank was consistently under fifty thousand in grocery. Right, the profit on it at the time was over five dollars. Uh, 
Uh, and yeah, based on the buy price, that would have been a consistent $5 profit since October 20th or earlier. All right. So that's well over three months. All right. Uh, it was a 58% ROI, uh, and that was only including, I think, the coupon code that was available in the lead list. I may have been able to find something more if I wanted to go digging, uh, but 58% ROI, greater than $5 profit, that's perfect for me. Over the past year, there had never been more than six sellers on this particular ASIN, all right? That is super solid, especially nowadays when you can see some really hot products, uh, you know, have two or 300 sellers. I actually, I saw an ASIN recently, you know, we're in, we're in February, so it's well past Q4. And I saw an ASIN, uh, shoot up to like 250 sellers in, in a February. All right. And of course, you know, what's happening to the price. It's just, it's just fallen like a rock. Uh, the buy can box. We, can we yeah. call that? Like when you look at the keep graph and the, the wait, I'm, trying to do the camera like you know the, the price is going down and the seller counts coming up can we label the pin Ooh, the pinch i like it I, yes I, I, that needs to take off like i, I want that to be that the term that is so. that is a much better term than here's the inverse correlation between supply and demand curves uh as much as that, that rolls off the, the pinch tongue sounds much better <laughs> uh now now back to this lead, this lead that Chris had, the buy box had also been literally a flat line since October. All right. So price has not, I mean, maybe changed a penny or two here and there, but, but not very much. All right. But here's the thing. Oh, and Chris's lead list was limited to, I think, 15 people. Okay. Uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong there. Uh, that one was 25 people. That was 20. Okay. So that one was limited to 25 people. Now. I know that, I don't know, I'll say 20% of the people probably never going to open the lead list after they purchase it. Is that crazy? Yeah, absolutely. But that's a that's the numbers that I expect on, on a lead list. 20% of the people are going to buy it, never use it. Out of the other 80% of the people who open it, I figure that, I don't know, 40% of them are going to be gated in any one particular lead it happens, all right? And maybe they don't want to take the time or maybe it's in a category they don't even want to sell, all right? So now I'm looking at what? Uh, sold to 25 people, I'm down to about 40% of them. We don't do public math here, but you know, not everyone's going to buy it. So maybe there's going to be, I don't know, an extra eight to 10 sellers on the, on the listing. Yeah. So... I still didn't buy the lead, okay? Uh, and But the reason that this lead was still so great was not that it was profitable, not that it's a potential replen, but it introduced me to a brand new niche that I hadn't really thought about before, all right? Now, this was a product that I've seen in the past, okay? Uh, but this, I would, I would call this being a, a religious grocery item, all right, uh, which, I don't know. It's just not something that crosses my mind every single day. Although if you think about it, there are a fair amount of what could be considered religious grocery items. Okay. Uh, Manischewitz, you know, uh, some blessed grape juice, you know, all kinds of stuff could make it into the religious grocery niche. All right. Uh, it also 
it introduced me to a brand new site that I've never seen before, right? Because you know I'm not in I'm not in this particular niche. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not looking for this particular kind of site, but there it was. Okay, uh, and so it also showed me a brand that I've never seen in the past. Again, because I'm not in this niche, uh, I just I don't know of it. Okay, so I've got three things that have now been introduced to me that I didn't know before. Three new pieces of knowledge, a new niche, uh, I've got a new website, and I've got a new brand, okay? So my very first steps are, let's go and source this entire website, or at least a portion of it. Uh, let's go and uh, source this brand in Keepa, which are the, very, the two things that I did very first off, all right? The other thing about this lead is it had three current sellers on the listing, all right? It had 25 historical sellers on the listing. So I could go back, and what I noticed is that if you looked at some of the storefront names, it was obvious that some of them were selling heavily in this particular niche. Probably not just the grocery niche, okay, but, you know, across this entire kind of religious niche, they're selling in it, all right? A couple of those storefronts. So I could go and very easily find probably several more items from those storefronts that I could I could go find profitably, all right? The next thing is that I took some time, I actually sourced some products from this new site. So I could have bought the lead from Chris's list, but then I could have also filled my cart up with, I don't know, four or five other products, no problem, okay? Uh, then I Googled each product that I found that looked promising to see if there were other retailers who might have it for cheaper. I was able to find a couple of other retailers that way. Well, that took me down the rabbit trail of, oh, well, if I could find this product at uh, niche site A and niche site B, well, there's got to be another four or five sites like this. So I went to a tool called SimilarWeb. If you're not sure what SimilarWeb is, uh, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. You go in and you put in a website and it tells you other places on the internet that are similar to it. So if you, for example, if you were to put in Facebook, it would say, well, the similar websites to this are TikTok, Twitter, uh, I don't know, they might pull up MySpace if that's even still around uh, and, and maybe a couple of other social media sites. Uh, you put in Walmart, it's going to show you Target and Walgreens and, and several other sites as well. Well, that's exactly what I did here. It actually had 10 sites that were similar to this particular niche site that Chris showed. Hey guys, wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to the Clear the Shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host Chris Rasick has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the Monthly Goal Tracking Spreadsheet and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell, and then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelf.com forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now back to the show. The other thing I did, if you don't want to use SimilarWeb, 
is if you just go to the Google machine and you type in related colon and then the name of the site, okay? So related colon walmart.com. You're gonna come back with a list of sites that show you similar websites. And so Google will do the work for you, all right? I don't think it's quite as accurate as similar web because similar web uses some scraping tools and some human intelligence to put things together. Uh, but I did both of these things, okay? And I was able to find at least 10 other sites like this. So now by taking this one lead, spending a little bit of time with it, and, and I know that I'm kind of drawing this out, but this probably really only took me five minutes in total, okay? I was able to find five potential news sources that I know are not trafficked anywhere near like Walmart, Target, Walgreens, Kohl's, et cetera, and all the other main street stores that you, you hear about, okay? I found five potential new replens, or, and if they're not replens, I'm at least going to be able to sell them once. They had beautiful Keepa graphs, okay? Uh, and that was just one lead, all right? So there were 18 other leads on that list. Well, I know 20 times five is a lot. So 19 times five is pretty close to a lot, okay? Uh, <laughs> if I could take each one of those leads and turn it into five others without ever even buying off the list, I would have made my money back an order of magnitude way more than I spent on the lead list, okay? And now I know what some people are gonna say. I could just do that on my own. I just go find these products on my own, okay? Sure, you probably could, but would you think of looking at religious groceries? No, it's not on my mind, you know? Uh, you know, what other niches are you not seeing just because it's, it's just not on, it's not on your mind. You're not thinking about it. You're not normally sourcing there. Okay. Uh, now I say all of this because a lot of people will buy things from a lead list and you know, something will, will have some price suppression. And then, of course, everyone wants to decry the quality of the lead list. They, they let too many people buy it and this and that, okay? But what I would suggest is before you do any of that is take a step back and, and evaluate the quality of your sourcing from that lead list, all right? Because even though a lead list is a done-for-you service, you should not stop there, okay? Because the Amazon sellers that, go, that consistently go the extra mile are going to be the ones who win in the long term, okay? Uh, and I know that by doing what I did, even off that, just that one lead, I made more than the entire lead list cost. Uh, and now multiply that out by 18 other leads. I'm going to make exponentially more. And who knows how many of those are going to turn into something that I can replenish over and over and over again. Okay. And I know a lot of people are, are then going to say, well, you don't. You might only be able to sell that for the next three months, and then it's going to tank, and it's never going to come back. And well, to that I say nay. That's not true. And I, I give you a perfect example of it. Just this morning, I was going back through old lead lists. All right, because I keep a lead database, uh, and I found something that was on a lead list in 2020, August of 2020 to be exact. It's in stock. At a site right now, I can buy it for $19. All 
It sell it it has sold on Amazon in the past for between thirty five and thirty seven dollars. Leaves me about four dollars and seventy two cents after fees and inbound shipping and all of that, even after prep costs. Okay, and that's about a twenty five percent ROI. It's not in stock right now on Amazon. It's currently out of stock. It's been out of stock for a, a little over uh, three months. But I can tell by looking at the Keepa graph that it will sell if I bring it back in stock. So I went ahead and bought 10 of them, sent it to Amazon. I'll be the only person on the listing at $38. And until the rank gets better, I'm going to own that buy box. Okay. And that's the power of going through these old lists. So the very next thing I did with Chris's list is I saved it to my leads database so that in 60 or 90 days from now, I'll come back to it after everyone else has forgotten about the lead list they bought, and then I'll start sourcing directly from the list itself, okay? Uh, and it just turns into this one big cycle where eventually, after three, four, five years, I mean, you could almost not source anything but your old lead lists any longer. Uh, it, it's insane. So... Uh, it was a long story, but I'm curious what you think about that or, or what things I may have missed uh, kind of in that in that whole story there. Uh, well, it, it's, there. you know, the point is that there's, you got to keep peeling. There's more layers to the onion to, to, to peel back. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think that's, I mean, that's fantastic the way, the way you put it, you know, and, and not enough people are, are thinking of it that way. Uh, and and that's evidenced by the fact that that in my experiences with other leads I've subscribed to, um, you know, we both we both use the same um, lead database, you know, for for old uh, old leads and and products. Um, I don't know if you want to mention that or not, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I will. We we both use Cheddarsoft, uh, and there will there will be a link down below the. Uh, in the show notes, they're, they're not a sponsor of the show, but uh, there there is going to be an affiliate link out there uh, if you guys want to use it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know side note, <laughs> like uh, people we've talked about how replens the word air quotes replens it's almost mm -hmm. become more of a marketing term than the actual value of the the definition of what it is you know um mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of people it's it's used to, to kind of sell courses and and you know programs and stuff more than uh, it's 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 gained this mythical uh uh definition now um I think maybe that's just me but uh um <laughs> you know i don't think enough people are, are executing on what a true replend is you know and i think that's evidenced by um, going back to, to old lead lists, you know, like, mm -hmm. and if you, I'm sure you probably saw, uh, flashes of it. I can't tell you how many products, when I go back over old lead lists, you can see, you can see the point that it got published, right? Cause you'll, a lot of the times and, and what people say, uh, you know, the, the anti lead list people will say is they'll see the pinch, right? Cause that's what it's called. That's right. <laughs> Officially. It's what it's called, uh, you know, but you'll see that pinch. The price erodes, seller count goes up, uh, right? Eh, which it doesn't happen on all the leads, but, you know, unfortunately, 
more than we wish it would, right? So you can see that part of the time. You can see a date. And then steadily, you know, the, the that inventory starts to thin out. The seller count thins out. Price starts creeping back up. And then, but if you, if you, the any, if there even is one, but the bump in seller count, like, you know, a couple months after it's been published or a few months and, and, and longer, there's no real rise in seller count again, you mm -hmm. know? So you, so, you know, it, it's, you know, it's about as close to, to evidence that, that we're going to get that most people on lead lists aren't, aren't keeping track. They're not keeping a database. They don't go back to them and buy them again. You know, that we just, in our mastermind, um, that was earlier today before we recorded, um, you know, we were talking about one of the people in my mastermind say that said that they're basically on a 30 day delay uh, for, for their lead list. Essentially, they don't they don't get that day's lead list with any intention to buy anything on. You know, they're going to catalog it um, and they're going to come back to it on, you know, 30 days. And essentially it's, you know, OK, I got this on February 28th. So March 28th, I'm going to actually go back to it so it's you know it's enough time to most likely it's enough time to see the full impact of the exposure that it got by being published on a list you know it's mm -hmm. that's probably you're probably the peak is probably in that keep a graph already right um it, it's enough time to, to actually whether that takes a couple days and then deliver to a prep center and then the prep center needs to take some time to actually ship it in and he's going go live whatever feels like this is, is good enough to to get the vast majority of that on the keep graph yeah i so, would agree with that. um but there's just there's never there's never uh, uh of a second wave from these you know and I, I just don't think there are a lot of sellers um you know uh farming their own databases uh enough or at all yeah i i would yeah. agree with that so they always, I've always thought that like collecting leads, you know, just accumulating a database is, uh, it's always struck me as being very valuable. You know, mm -hmm. I've always been willing to, you know, especially like, you know, I have some higher profit lists that I sell that, that are more expensive and, and, um, but like, I think 15, but I mean, I try to price everything like from my own perspective, would I be willing to pay that, you know, or what have I been in the past? You know, I mean, 15 bucks is. I, I don't know. It's a minimal amount, you know, as long as you're getting, you know, a handful of leads, you know, even if you're yeah. just, if even if, <clears throat> if you're that person that I just described, you're just going to go in there. You're going to pick the ones you like, you know, the ones that, that match your, your ROI, you know, thresholds or whatever it may be. And, and you know, you buy a couple and it's going to recoup itself. You oh, know, it's yeah. not that hard to make back 15 bucks, you know, when, when you're looking at, you know, 19 leads like this list had. So, but uh, so much, there's so much value uh, on a longer timeline uh, than than a lot of people realize. Yeah, I so um, that's see that's the huge part, you know, because someone might say, oh well, you know, this is fifteen dollars. I'm not I'm not really sure. I wanna I wanna buy it, or you know, oh well, maybe this subscription is you know one hundred and fifty dollars or two hundred dollars a month for this lead list, you know. But my whole thing is is. I now have a database of like, I don't know, we're up to, 
we're up to 35,000 leads and, and growing because I'm not, I'm not done getting things in there. Uh, you know, and I've, I've actually got, I've got a little envy, uh, because I know that, uh, Oliver flips, uh, is up to like 42 or 45,000 or something. Um, I gotta, I feel like I gotta catch up, but you know, even if I, if I paid for every single lead that was on that list and, and you know, maybe, you know, maybe at, if it was 50 cents a lead or, or a dollar a lead or whatever it is, if I'm into that lead list for 30 K you know, over its lifetime, can you imagine the value that I could extract from that lead list over the next 12, 24, or 36 months? It's, it's way, way more than a dollar a lead. And of course, it's not going to be every single one, but there are going to be home runs like the one that I found today where I should easily be able to make 50, maybe 100, maybe $200 before other sellers even hop back on that listing. And then when I wait for them to fall off uh, the listing and I come back on it 90 days after that, you know, am I going to be able to make another two or $400 on it? Uh, you know, and, and so n now what's my ROI on, on the cost of that individual lead? You know, I mean, it's, it's in the thousands of percent. It's not, you know, we're not even, we're not even scaling it to a hundred or 200%. I mean, it's, 5,000, 6,000, maybe 10,000% uh, based on the fact that that lead probably really cost me a buck. Right. Yeah, and the, um, you know, the one thing we didn't mention is, uh, uh, you know, the value of a lead list. Uh, and I know it was true for me. So, um, and I've heard other people say it too, but uh, well, actually, you know what a good point is, and I don't mind saying this uh, on the podcast, but we talked about it uh, privately uh, so on my, my Twitter, I, I wrote a tweet and I, the tweet, because I thought it was interesting how I arrived at the stores, right? So a couple weeks ago, I posted a tweet and it said last five stores that I've manually sourced. And then I just listed the stores, right? Um, and then my point was in this very first tweet was I arrived, I arrived there from at least four different methods, you know, and I just thought it was interesting. Like, like, you know, cause one, uh, you know, one was uh, from a lead list, you know, I did like, like what we've been talking about here and, and just kind of, you know, peeled back layers and, and just kind of, uh, you know, dug in further and further and, and, you know, found, uh, ended up at a store. Um, one of them was, uh, from sales gazer, like mm -hmm. sale, um, and so I ended up sourcing the store for that sale or whatever coupon code. Um, one of them was, I think I, I was manually storefront stocking a, a, a seller and kind of, uh, did a couple, couple layers there and ended up on a store, you know, but, but it, I just thought it was interesting. So that's why I tweeted it. Well, it like, it was one of my best performing tweets. Like, you know, like I did, I was like, wow, you know, and I kind of analyzed it and, and I said, you know, apparently there's value. And I talked to you. So I ended up doing it again. I said, maybe I need to just do this every week and just kind of look at my, my sourcing spreadsheet and, and pull off the last five stores. And I'll just, you know, I'll tweet it and maybe give a little bit of insight on how I ended up there maybe, or, you know, or whatever. But, and then, you know, you mentioned it and, and I kind of think that this was the case, but it, you know, the value in it was that, people were seeing specific stores. So I don't, you know, maybe it was, maybe it was that networking effect that we talked about to where you're 
you actually get to see something that another person that does what you do, you know, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're newer sellers, you know, and the point that I'm taking a long time to get to is that, you know, the, uh, a lead list can be really valuable to newer sellers who are mm -hmm. still learning where to source from, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, because there's of, of rewiring that needs to be done, you know, because I think most of us were Amazon customers and then you kind of, you kind of see things differently once you become an Amazon seller and, and it's, you know, you, you kind of, you get to know how it works a little bit and your mindset changes and you start looking for opportunity or, and you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. It's, it's just a, it's a different mindset. You know, it, it just kind of, you over. So this kind of, these types of things, lead lists and seeing stores that you can look at or, or, you know, codes that, that you didn't realize or, or you know, cash back sites that you weren't aware of. Most lead lists that I've experienced have, um, you know, cash back, uh, little prompts on uh, to make kind of be some of the pieces put together, you know, because it can be, it can be difficult as a newer seller to to figure out how all this stuff works. You know, you you can read about it and you can you can study different aspects being a seller, but you know, I think it's a little taste of kind of like here it is in action. You know, here's here's 280 characters on, on what I've done over the last couple of days as a seller, you know? Mm -hmm. So and that's, that's what a lead list can be valuable for too, especially if you're, you're newer is, is you kind of, kind of broadens your, your, your perspective a little bit of, of exactly how many possibilities there, there can be out there. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I, I got a question for you that came up because uh, you said you talked about cash back. What is the, what's the largest dollar amount of cash back you've received on one particular order? Uh, one particular order there, there was, now I, I don't have anything impressive, right? Cause I, I, I'm the eternal test buyers, you know, I'm, I'm a big chicken, uh, out there or something, but, uh, no, I got, I think I got like, I want to say I was pushing like $70 on, on one transaction. Oh, that's solid. Which, yeah, especially for, um, especially for the the units that I I, <laughs> I can't seem to to buy more of, you know, right. those those test buying. So yeah, I was happy with it. Part of the reason I ask is because I saw someone the other day post like a screenshot of like getting eight hundred dollars in cash back on one order, uh, which completely dwarfs my largest. My largest was like two hundred on one order, where I got twenty percent. You know. I'm also an eternal test buyer. Yeah, I buy I buy lower quantities, but I had one order that was like a thousand dollars across, maybe you know ten or fifteen SKUs, uh, and they were having like twenty percent cash back one day. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> which another little plug, guys. If you're not using Rev ROI to get cash back, it's free. Go download it and, and install it. it. It won't cost you a penny. So. Yeah, and um, don't be afraid to venture outside of Rakuten. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like Rakuten is consistently one of the the lower um, cashback rates. Yeah, um, almost across the board, except you know they run promotions and stuff where they beefed up a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know, venture out there. Like I, um, I have. I think I have a total of five cashback sites that I use, but one of them mm -hmm. is actually a, a Southwest rapid rewards. I, I use them for, 
um, like Walmart actually, like I'll get half a point per dollar just because there's no good cash back, you know? So that's just mm-hmm. kind of a, a throwaway. So I have four main ones that I use. So how many, how many do you have in your stable? Three. Uh, I, I like to use top cash back. That's probably my favorite. Uh, yeah. Active junkie <laughs> would be my favorite if they were on more sites, but yeah, I've, I've talked to their owner uh, and they started cause they're like really outdoorsy people. And so they focus on outdoorsy type websites, uh, and then Rakuten just because it's everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of like a default. Uh, yeah. Like top, I think top cashback can be a little, little iffy. I I've had some issues. Another affiliate link has kind of pushed them out and then it could be tough to, um, reactivate that which i think is mm-hmm. is probably why some people but you know i see these people like with these rakuten pay quarterly um and they they'll post screenshots of their rakuten payout and yeah, as a flex can't help but think about how much more money they could have made you know <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. it's a it's a you know it's a number it's a number that you could live off of you know if, if they're you know flexing that hard you know their post shot i mean these are this is five figures worth of cash back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but still like probably on average, that is, uh, I don't know, 20, 25% what they could have gotten if they had maybe dug in a little bit and ventured outside of that racket and comfort zone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. Like you really, you really could live on, if you could get, if you maximize your cash back doing OA, uh, you know, using affiliate links from cashback sites, and then you get another. I get. I think there might be maybe one card out there where you get like two percent unlimited cashback. I, you know, you have that card. Mm-hmm. You could be you could be talking some serious money if you were throwing up some some fairly large numbers. Uh, and yep. and so yeah, I think people really then- do need to think about that. And it's uh, it's not fully visible in a <laughs> uh, depending on who you talk to as far as like uh, uh, taxes and and you know the the bookkeeping. Uh, consult your your professional, of course, uh, and absolutely do not take any advice from me. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> this is not a fight. This is not a financial show, and we are not attorneys or <laughs> CPAs. No. No. You know, you mentioned active active junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I also, they're, they're one of the ones that I use too. Um, you could find some great percentages from them. Um, a little, a little hit and miss, which, which is fine. Like you said, they're, they're, they kind of specialize in outdoorsy, um, active, uh, uh company or uh, stores. But you know, what was so weird is they spent a really long time being the best cashback rate on Bloomingdale's. Interesting. And like, Blowing the doors off of, not, and, and even Top Cash Back, which is you know Top Cash Back runs, you know probably more than fifty percent the majority of the time as the highest rate that that I find at least, but like blew the of even Top Cash Back at Bloomingdale's. I <laughs> think it was such a weird, weird combination. But all right, yeah, I'm, that I'm is here for that, it. That is a weird combo. Did Bloomingdale's cancel your order? Is the question. No, no, I got uh, I got Bloomingdale's to go through. Interesting. Yeah, they've they've always been they've always been difficult for me. I always go in and end up talking to a 
uh, a sales clerk and, you know, they get paid the commission and, uh, and usually work, work with me a little bit. What's well, a, it's a classy so. story. Yeah. You have to hit enter with your pinky up. You actually, <laughs> <laughs> they're a little snooty about that. <laughs> yeah. Just a touch. So, well, this, this is going to be one of the, this can be one of the uh, only shows in our stable of shows that, uh, is, is under an hour. So, uh, this this is a good way good way to come back. Uh, we will be back weekly from here on out. Uh, Chris and I are gonna make sure that happens. I'm actually gonna ask him to hold me accountable because typically I'm the one who's like, oh hey, could we could we push? So uh, we're gonna make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, even even with spring break coming up, we're gonna we're gonna make it work. So uh, we'll be back in your ears every single week uh, uh, going forward. So. Um, Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you want, That's gonna... Before we sign off, yeah. Before we sign off, you want to want to do a quote of the week real quick? I, oh, if you if you got one, up. that'd be great. Yeah, I feel empty inside if we end a, an episode without a quote. Um, how about see, let's see if this one works? What well, has to work because it's the only one I got queued up. Uh, how about success to be connected with action? Successful people keep moving. They make mistakes, but they don't quit. That's uh, Conrad. Conrad Hilton. All right. I, I love, yes. I, I actually, I, I really like, uh, Conrad Hilton. Uh, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of his progeny, uh, you know, uh, Paris and, and those folks, uh, I'm not, not the biggest fan of, but, uh, I really do like him. He's got a bunch of really great quotes. Uh, and that's a, I think that's a good one. He's got a, he's got a good rewards card honor art if you're uh you're hacking uh some travel perks uh with your your purchases too that's right that's that's actually something i need to get better at and uh and something we should work on getting a a guest in here to talk about uh travel hacking and and just spilling all the secrets on that so we can get better at it yeah absolutely all right guys that's gonna that's gonna be it for the show this week i hope it was uh it was a little little enjoyable uh, do remember, if you got some value out of this, it, it is not free. Uh, it does require you to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast player uh, or go hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, and that will uh, that will give us enough dopamine to get through the next recording session. Uh, until next week, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, and we will see you next week on the Clear the Shelf podcast. Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.